Now, here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. And co-host at six foot three, he's a self-proclaimed sports expert, a true Cinderella story representing the Boomers from La Mirada, California. The Unk, Bill Lankovich. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. And producer and show contributor at six foot two, a recent graduate of Northern Arizona University after a six-year college career just to achieve a bachelor's degree. Some days he feels like a millennial, other days he's Gen Z. From Santa Barbara, California, Casey Everett. The other day I was so desperate for a beer, I snuck into the football stadium and ate the dirt under the bleachers. At co-host, the man in the middle, standing six feet tall, he's a member of the true greatest generation, Generation X. A lover of all sports and despises everything Dodgers and Lakers. He has one solo tackle in his high school football career from St. John's, Arizona. Dave Zorn. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. At co-host, standing 6-1, he averaged a career triple-double at his local YMCA. And he's also a boomer, once known as the trainer. He now power naps like he used to power lift. From San Bernardino, California, Jeff Kennedy. Kennedy! It's showtime. It's showtime. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Let's start the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Generation Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff Kennedy, along with Bill Lunkovich. Hey now. Dave Zorn. Hi. And Casey Everett. How's it going? Doing great. This is so fun. Yeah. Is we, it? We, we get to do this for real now. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing test runs for a while here, and now, now we can get to do a live. Hey, I got to give a shout out. In the open, you heard the guy uh, doing the starting lineup. Got to give a shout out to to my buddy Jeff Scott, who's a former uh, PA announcer for the Phoenix Suns and the Arizona Diamondbacks, current uh, PA announcer for Arizona State Athletics. Uh, you know, he didn't have to say yes to do it, but he did it and uh, did a great job. And uh, yeah, who else better, really, to to bring us in or to podcast number one? Uh, than a guy who you know, did it live for a number of years. We're you like know? we're like famous now. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> well, you feel like it's it. good to have friends in low places, Bill. <laughs> we we will see. You're, Bill, you're going to get more famous by the by the show. Okay, <laughs> trust us. We got you set up. All right, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk MLB power rankings. We're going to talk some college football. There's a huge division shake shakeup. Right, our beloved Pac-12, Pac-8. Pac-10 has has gone away. Pac it is four. it is no longer yeah the Pac-4 or non-existent. We're also going to introduce you to one of our favorite segments. It's called Stump the Unk, which is a trivia segment where we all try to get one pass the knowledgeable, the brilliant mind of Bill. And that sports trivia makes the world go round. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. We also have our sports through the ages spotlight and today we're going to look at former Oakland Athletics pitcher Dave Stewart. We'll have betting with Bill, which is Bill's best bets of the week. See, Bill, we are going to make you famous. I like that. And then that. sports around the mountain, the local stuff that really is what matters to people right here in northern Arizona with Dave Zorn. And then we'll finish things off with what we call crunch time, which is each host has a minute for the final segment, whatever is on your mind. So you guys are ready for that, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's get down to it. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. Power rankings came out this week, 
and I know you guys took a look at them, pretty much things stayed the same. The Atlanta Braves, still the best team in baseball. Everyone else moved down a notch, but the Dodgers, who have now won, what, 12 out of 13 games and nine in a row, at least at at the time that we're that we're recording this, they jumped all the way up from number six to number two. Uh, Dodgers are on fire, thirteen and one in August, twenty four and eight in their last thirty two games. They're, they're just they're the team to beat. I'm not a big believer in the power rankings, but at the same time, I think they got it right. They have Braves number one, who are on pace to break their record for most wins in a single season. Uh, the Rangers number four, the Astros number five, the Orioles still not. A complete believer. They're number three, but I think baseball a power rank. He's got it right for now. Yeah, and you know what? I think the for me, I think the Braves are the best team in baseball. I think they're the most complete team, both defensively, offensively. You know, base running is you know clutch for them. Pitching is finally it's finally settled in, and they got one of the best pitchers in baseball uh, leading leading their staff. Uh, there's not a lot of minuses when you look at the Atlanta Braves at all, and what they did with them to the Mets recently. They should probably be arrested for it. That was just a, it was criminal what they did to the Mets, uh, especially in that, that in the, the doubleheader they had, the first game of the doubleheader, they scored like 21 runs. How does a team come back and play game two after the um, they got beat up like that? Bad. Not only like that, the, the Mets went down in order, struck out three straight guys by a guy who's an infielder that the Braves just got in the trade deadline. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I totally agree. And the funny thing is the – what I find interesting is that the Dodgers aren't even completely healthy yet. Yeah. So just wait till the Dodgers are completely healthy when they get Walker Bueller back. Joe Kelly just went on the IL, so he's going to be back soon, hopefully. And so the Dodgers aren't even completely healthy, and they're still number two. So it just shows you how great of a franchise that is. Um, me and Jeff were actually talking before the show about their farm system, too, and they're still number six in the farm system rankings as well. So they have a plethora of talent, and it's just amazing to see like this organization knows how to run baseball. So it doesn't surprise me that the Dodgers are there. Braves obviously the best team in baseball. It's not even close in my opinion. But the American League teams, they're they're right on their right on their backs, you know. The the Rays, they're starting to pick it back up again. So they had a rough July, but they're starting to pick it back up. The Orioles still a really young team. They have the number 1 farm system in baseball. And so they're just going to get better through the through the years. And I mean, it's just a fun time for baseball. We're getting into September, and then it's crunch time. Jeff, yeah. I, I want to add and piggyback real quickly on the Dodgers. They're most likely going to win their tenth division title in eleven years. The one year they didn't win, they won one hundred and six games. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. It's just unbelievable. Freddie Freeman's number two in the league in WAR. Betts is number three, and, and I feel sorry for Dave because we never really talk about Arizona like this. But the I'm, Dodgers I'm are a winning organization. They know how to get it done. And I'm just very impressed how they've done it with all the injuries this year. Well, and most wins in the league in the last ten years. I mean, overall, Absolutely. without a doubt. But but here's here's the big, like the biggest drop in the power rankings, probably the Reds, which was a team we were talking a lot about. You know, just as little as a month ago, one of the big teams that has just jumped ahead, the Seattle Mariners. You know, they made made a huge jump with some of the things. But I'm curious. Some of the teams that did the most at the trade deadline have gone the opposite direction. The Diamondbacks, the Angels did a lot. And they've been losing games at, you know, pretty much not a historic pace, but an alarming pace since the trade deadline. And then some of these teams that stood pat that didn't seem to do a whole lot are still playing very well. I want to piggyback on one thing. You you all mentioned that the Braves, definitely the best team in baseball. The real trick here is for them to stay Motivated, you know, they've got a double digit lead. 
in their division. No one's going to really come close to them, but they have to still play winning baseball for the rest of the way. And and here's the thing. Once we get to the playoffs, and I got there's a question for you guys. Once we do get to playoffs, you know, it looks like the Braves are going to get a first round by. Dodgers are going to get a first round by. We'll see how that shakes out over in the American League. But they seem to be a lock right now. How do you stay sharp when you have a week off at the end of the season? Now, I know if you're nursing an injury, you get a chance to get healthy. But, you know, baseball, you have to keep taking swings against live pitching and things like that. And we've seen that adversely affect teams, especially the last few years. J.D., real quickly on on your point, how do you keep them fresh? They're a winning organization. They know how to do this. And and they can still make the swings. J.D. Martinez wanted to take extra batting practice, and for some reason he couldn't do it. So he went to a local college and took his 250 swings and and had a couple nice hits last night. So the good teams figure it out, Jeff. Are we done with the Dodger love yet? I'm just, I'm just sitting here going, wow, are we getting are we getting a few bucks on the side from the Dodgers to talk about them? I mean, Jeff this, is getting, this is a little ridiculous. Isn't I, it? I don't know, Dave. You're a little bit bitter. You know what's interesting about your comment, though? You heard is the intro, we, didn't you? Is we, is we, we totally massaged your Diamondbacks ego for weeks what? when they were playing well. I mean, we did. I mean, we went out of our way to extend segments just so that Dave could feel good about himself for a while. Look. And now, you know, it, it, this is, you know what happens? The ones that you give the most love to are generally the ones that are the most mad at you when you have to move on. And, and now and, you're doubling down on the Dodgers <laughs> stuff because you didn't get a chance to the first of the year. Well, there's that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's well, that. that. That's okay. fine. Go, you know, go Braves. <laughs> there's, mean, there's that. I mean, yeah. it, it also helped you that the entire NL West just basically choked after the All-Star break. So, well, that, whose so fault is the that? Giants, the Giants are still around. And but. whose fault is that? It's the rest of the division. It's not you know, anything to do with you. Oh, really? The fact that we've been winning games? Huh. I, that's that's almost ridiculous. Yeah. Do we have a soundbite for that, no, no, Casey? No, no, that was, no, that was no. like your time to say to use that, okay? No, it has nothing to do with him because it has, uh, the, the, it has everything to do with the team that's losing. Because if you look at the, you look at the Diamondbacks, yeah, they were, for, they were first place in the division for you know half the season. Yeah, they, had, they got some guys in the, in the trade deadline, but the young guys are getting tired. Corbin Carroll, I, I, he may lose a Rookie of the Year award, you know, by the way he's played lately. and But it's all happened at once. The bullpen has gotten, has gotten shelled. Starting pitching has gotten shelled. Everything's falling apart at once. However, there's still, as of today we're recording this, there's still two and a half games back in the wild card race. Can I say something really, that I think is really interesting? Because when we decided that we were going to do the MLB power rankings, I'm pretty sure, Casey, that we talked about this, said we'll talk about maybe the, the top five or six or maybe even the top ten. Right. The Diamondbacks are number 19. Yeah. So why are we having any dialogue about them at all? I like I, the, the, the world was better when we didn't even have to deal with them, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, the Diamondbacks were a really hot team in baseball to start the season. So, I mean, we it's it's good to mention that how far they've fallen off grace. You know, they've been they were up there, but... Now they're they're nineteenth, and there's teams that were nineteenth, like the Mariners, who are now eighth. Bill, save so us from we this. have to. Bill, save us from this. Well, well, I, this was called the power rankings, and we just spent three minutes talking about the nineteenth ranked team in the power rankings. Where are we located? What state? Where are you from, Bill? 
I'm from California. Oh, where are you from? That's your, I'm from California. <laughs> That's okay. you guys' problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, real quick, real quick on that is as we just hammer the Dodgers home. JD Martinez has got 25 home runs. He didn't do that last year. He's yeah. 25 home runs and 77 RBIs. And here's the stat of the day: Max Muncie has 28 home runs. He has more home runs than singles this year. Yeah, and he's he, still batting under 200. I was going to say, he's like about like 150 or something like that. But his, 198. his on-base yep. percentage? Yeah, he walks all day. He's like yeah. Kyle Schwarber. He's not going anywhere. He's going to bat 200, and he's going to be in the lineup every day. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Let's let's just, let's just do poor Dave a favor. We're not bringing back up the Diamondback. What but about we those can't, training camp but, reports? But, but we can talk about something else, another team other than the Dodgers. What do you think about the Orioles at this point? They're number three in the power rankings, and— I think, Bill, you said it, still not quite sure, not quite sold on them. And yet, at least at the time of of this conversation, they're 74 and 46. And they continue to just take care of business on the field. Massive improvement over last year. It's it's the same analogy as kind of the Diamondbacks. They were were both very bad teams last year. Now they've just reached the new echelon. They're, They're in... They're in a new playing space, and they're a very, very good young team, and they win on the road. I think the Orioles, they, they have to be in the top five. Absolutely. That's a team that nobody's talking about. I mean, everyone's like, you know, Ranger-specific, you know, that, that's the team to be in the American League. But no one's mentioning really talking about the Orioles yet. And that, again, young team kind of rebuilt in a way. that They're getting, you know, sold-out games now in Baltimore. That's a team that people don't better not be sleeping isn't on. The, isn't that better for them, though, since they are such a young team that nobody's really hyping them up? Like they just, and under the radar, I think was an overstatement because their record is not under the radar. But, you know, they're not just, you know, people aren't beating their door down to, you know, to get these interviews and, and talk about the Orioles because you're right. The Rangers are a sexier pick. The Astros are still the defending world champion. So here's the Orioles. All they've done is, played well every week of the season so far, and yet at the same time, it doesn't seem like the rest of the baseball world is taking them that seriously, at least not as a championship. We just haven't seen them up for so many years since Earl Weaver back in the 70s. (laughs) Come on. And the last team to win four, have four starters win 20 games, things that will never happen again. Baltimore's been down for a long time. I bet you they're selling out every game, and it's got to be crazy in Baltimore Bill, right you're, now. Bill, Bill, you know we're old. You just threw Earl Weaver out there, okay? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Here's, here's, here's something you'll never, you won't hear again maybe after this year. I, I heard a stat the other day. I think it was, uh, you know, I think it was an ESPN's movie sports center that, that both New York baseball teams have never finished at the bottom of their division in the history wow, of the franchises. Yeah. Right now, as of this taping, the Yankees are three and a half games uh, below the the, uh, the Red Sox, strangely enough, after last place in the AL East. The Mets are one game up on the Nationals in the NL East. And if they finish both at the bottom of their respective divisions, that'll be the first time in baseball history I like that. that both teams have finished at the bottom of their divisions. That would have been a great trivia question, Dave. That's really no, good. I, yeah. I like that both New York teams are down. Me too. Yeah, that's I don't have a problem Scroll. with that. Yeah, I, you know, the Mets with the highest payroll in baseball just tanked just this year. Just tanked it. Hey, can we throw one more team out there? And, and they're, they're in the top ten in our power rankings. I just don't think that we can afford to fall asleep on the Phillies. You know, somehow they made it to the last series of the season last year. They are a team that they start playing well at the right time. I don't even think it's a sneak up. I mean, they've got they've they've got a winning pedigree there. They've got some great parts in Bryce Harper and 
Trey Turner. And, you know, this is a team that I don't think we should just take for granted. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing with the Phillies, too, Trey Turner is starting to heat up. Yeah. And that's something you do not want to see as any, I, I mean, I'm a Nationals fan and seeing him be on a, another NL East team is hurtful, but he was terrible the first half of the season, but now he's starting to pick it up. He's batted 340 over his past seven games. He's hitting home runs again, getting on base. So they, them, the Phillies and the Mariners are the two teams last year that did the same exact thing. They got hot at the right time. The Mariners ended the season. We all remember that last game where they hit a walk-off home run, made it to the playoffs after how many years, and they get hot at the right time. The Phillies are the same way. They got hot at the right time, end of September, went into October, and just demolished everybody. They're made for the playoffs, the Phillies. They really are. And adding Trey Turner, who was not on the team last year, this this is a big advantage for them. That very veteran led team, you cannot discount them. Can't discount them, but the Braves are standing in their way. They did last year, too. See what happened? I I know, but the, again, and this Braves team is really, really good, playing very, very high-level baseball. What if the Braves had Freddie Freeman? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Where would they be? Well, they but then they won't have Matt Olson. They wouldn't have Matt Olson, who right. only yeah. leads the National League in home runs. Right. And RBIs. And, and RBIs, and, yeah. And probably a lot cheaper. <laughs> so there, yeah. Bill. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's that, okay? Let's jump right into it. The former Pac-12 is no longer, and I, I mean, I can't tell you how disappointed I am that just historically, because you, you know how I, I, I love history of sports. I, I, I just love everything that that conference has meant to the western part of the United States, Bill, for you and I, especially those of us growing up in California and UC, USC and UCLA rivalry and Stanford, and even way before the Arizona schools came in. This is a big blow to us. Well, the, the Pac-12 was been a conference, I believe, since 1915. That's a lot of history just gone. Actually, I'm going to go to the Pac-12 football championship game in Vegas this year just to say that I went to the last one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a conference I go. anymore. <laughs> a bad idea. Maybe we get credentialed and go, right? <laughs> Trip to Vegas? Hey, I, I, that's all you need for me, honestly. Yeah, I don't care what we're going for, but for that too. But you know, So I'm blaming you guys for all this. Jeff, you're a USC fan. You're a USC UCLA fan. Those were the first two teams out of the conference that set this thing off. It's your guys' fault. Once the Pac-12 lost Los Angeles as a media market, this conference was done. You know, it just th- took time to do it. Th- you're probably not wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that that really well. Yeah, no problem to it. That really did start to spell the end of the conference. And you know, Casey, you're you're Southern California native too. And although you don't have the decades of history with the conference that that we do, this still, I mean, this this means something to college football fans in Southern California. Yeah, I do believe so. And it's going to be definitely different going forward. And yeah, like you said, I don't have the history. I don't know everything that has to do with that conference. But whenever you watch like the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever it used to be, that was something that you always look forward to. And now going into it, not having it anymore, it's going to be definitely different. But maybe it will be a good thing. Who knows? It could be a good thing, but we'll find out. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of good that will come from this uh, when we get into conference matchups. Or when we're talking specifically football and basketball. I mean, you look at some of the new rivalries. Now, if you're not familiar with the Holy War, which is Utah and BYU, depending on who you talk to, one of one of them didn't want to play the other anymore. Now, if you're talking Utah fans, it was BYU that was chickening out and, and hightailed and stopped scheduling the game. Um, and it's the other way around if you're talking to the other guys. 
But that's now a conference game. I love the whole. If you've ever watched that game, that that they get after it. That's a fun rivalry. So that's now a conference game. ASU and U of A stay together. That's always a big thing. Um, you've got maybe new rivalries that will will come about here with, you know, the, some of the Texas schools, Texas Tech, Baylor, um, you know, even Central Florida. Who knows? Uh, Cincinnati, West Virginia. So I think there's there's a chance with the Big Twelve, or whatever they're going to call themselves. Um, to actually have some fun with this and actually, I think, you know, have some, some good games and some great competition in there. But you're right. Right now, we're, we're seeing the demise of the Pac-12 Conference, which was once considered a Power 5 Conference. And, you know, you know I, of course, I kid, I'm blaming you guys for, you know, UCLA, UCLA, USC starting this off. But it really, it's been the past two presidents of the Pac-12 that have really, really screwed this up and really laid the landmines for this to blow up. Well, this came down to just the botched TV deal. Yeah. Okay? That, oh, I mean, that, simple as that. That's it, what I was going to say. It, it's you about know, the money. The conference, uh, the commissioner just ran the conference into the ground. He said a year ago that they had an agreement, and but it never really got published or started. And it's with Apple TV, which a lot of older people don't want to stream it. They want to watch it on regular TV. And I blame him. And I mean, he, he ruined it. And... He's on my death wish forever. <laughs> so, so we, so I, I want to something that you said. You said there's a lot of good to come out of this. I, I don't know that I'm there yet. Matter of fact, I know that I'm not there yet. Where I'm seeing where there's a lot of good. Here's where I have landed. It overused cliche. It is what it is. It's happened. We're going to have to adjust, and we're going to have to move on. So as we look at this now, and you let's talk about the Big 12 Conference or whatever it's going to be as it moves forward, or the Big 10 where USC and UCLA went, the potential for some really compelling new rivalries certainly does come into play. As you look down, you know, of course, we still have our regional rivalries, USC, UCLA, Arizona, U of A, but... What new rivalry is out there as we look at these conferences that are somewhat intriguing to you? Because we have no choice but to look forward now. College football will be fine, period. Yeah, It oh, will yeah. be fine. I'm concerned about a lot of the other little sports when you have to go 3,000 miles and play your conference games. It's going to create some new rivalries, but college football will be fine. But all the other sports, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen. You know, Especially in baseball where you play two, three, four games a week. When are the kids going to go to school, the student-athletes? it's There's a lot of shaking up still to well, be done. Well, you combine the lengthy travel with that right now. I, I think that's one of the points that hasn't been talked about enough are the the other sports. I mean, we think of college sports and football and basketball, you know, um, NC2A tournament, uh, the football, football drives everything. But there is the what about soccer, what about softball, what but about do they baseball? care? Football you know? pays for everything. Right. Well, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they bring do they the really money. care? I mean, they're not going to publicly come out and say that. But well, the other little sports? Well, basketball's going to be fine, too. I mean, uh, men's and women's both are going to be fine. Uh, uh, talk about uh, just get one of the rivalries. There's a rivalry that's already there that is has been pretty stern for, like, the last 20 years in college basketball, and now they've become conference rivals, and that's Kansas and Arizona. There's already a, a fan base that just can't stand each other, and that's now going to be ramped up because it, that's a conference game. So that's that's a good thing. But I, to get back to the point about the other sports, yeah, for baseball, Big 12 is a pretty good baseball conference. Baylor, Texas schools, that, that's a pretty good baseball conference. So I think with ASU and U of A going in there with their tradition of baseball, 
that's just going to add to what's already there. That's just going to make that conference better as far as a baseball conference. Softball the same way. It's a pretty strong softball conference. But now we, when you get into track and field and, you know, some of the other sports, I mean, I, I, I made a point, I think it was on uh, over the air show this week, that, you know, cro- uh, it's a little sport like cross country. They travel anyway. I, we look at right here in Flagstaff with NAU, the best cross country program in the nation. You know, this year they're, they're traveling to Virginia for a meet. They're going to Wisconsin. They're going all over the place. That's normal. So those type of sports that travel anyway, that's normal. It, it, nothing's going to really change there. But we're talking about maybe some of the fringe Olympic sports, um, you know, swimming and diving. That might be a little bit of a problem. Um, and some other things. Soccer's another. Soccer's a great example. I think that's one that's going to get hurt the most, I think. So it's be interesting to see how they do this. And that's why I think the Big 12 coming out and saying we're not going to go to divisions right away because they just came out of it. I think you have to reexamine that and, and split into divisions. That way you can keep the travel light for the Western teams that are coming in. You got you can right now you go Colorado, Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State. There's five. Maybe lump in Texas Tech is six to even it out. So they have to do something. And to come out right away and say, no, nah, we're not going to divisions, I don't know. I, I think they're going to have to because but of the other teams. Also, at the same point, what happens to Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford? I got the, the, the latest on that uh, before we came in is now this, this will drive you. Watch Bill's reaction to this if he hasn't heard this. Cal and Stanford are now being courted by the ACC. See, I've heard that. That was a rumor. Talk, so about, talk about travel. How do you take two schools that are on the West Coast in you know the central to northern part of the state of California and call them an Atlantic Coast Conference? <laughs> okay. I mean, how do you, how do you, even, well, how do you even justify that? So, in, in case, I want to get your perspective on this. I want to go back to the kind of the other sports for a second because – you're an other sports guy. Yes, okay? I am. So, so I, I think this is personal to you. What does this mean for the other sports? Well, going into soccer, soccer is very heavily West Coast versus East Coast. You have Georgetown, which is a powerhouse for soccer, and nothing really changed with them. UCLA is always a powerhouse for soccer, so that's changing. Um, so depending on their conference... And there's other schools like Wake Forest, East Coast schools. So a lot of it is, I feel like a lot of schools on the East Coast are going to be fine. A lot of the West Coast schools, though, there a lot of things are going to change for them. The travel, um, where recruitment now is going to change a lot mm-hmm. just because I don't know if I want to travel 3,000 miles if I'm Stanford and go to the ACC, if I can go to a school that's just as prestigious and not have to travel as much. But there could also be players that want to travel a lot. So just depending on that, there's going to be a lot of different transfer portal things that happen just because of this. So in my perspective, just seeing all these the shakeup that's happening in college sports right now, there's going to be a lot of changes that we're not going to expect, but some that we're kind of guessing to. Before we close the book on that, let's let's talk a little bit about the recruitment piece because I think that that is an important component to that. How does How is that affected now? When we have schools that are going to be playing a different kind, Dave, you don't think that there's that there's really that much effect on that? Not, not as much as you think because of the transfer portal. I mean, because okay. you can go to a school, okay. yeah, if you don't like it for a year or if you don't like the way you know set up and travel is, you just go jump in the portal and go somewhere else. No, I, I, I think you can only transfer once. With if you try to transfer twice, there's some huge repercussions. I thought they just den- denied somebody that wanted to transfer. He wanted to be by his his ailing grandmother, and they told him no. 
So I don't, I don't really because he had already he had already, he had already transferred yeah. once. Well, you can also just drop out of school and re and, and re up somewhere else without going through the portal. I mean, there's ways of doing that. You'd probably set you back. You probably the city year, um, but you know there's there's ways around that. Obviously, one one sport that came to mind uh, because you know I followed a little bit is wrestling, and here's an here's what I mean by that. The Pac-12 has two teams that aren't in that regular aren't in their conference in their conference. Cal Poly is a Pac-12 school for wrestling, or probably Pac-10, I guess. And there's another one in there. I can't remember who it is, but um, there's another. I think it's one of the other uh, California, smaller California schools. They just have great wrestling programs, and they're involved in the conference. We look at uh, if some a situation like uh, NAU, the swimming and diving team is is in the WAC. So maybe something set up like that to where some of these smaller schools may not go into Big 12, but they they could farm out into like a Mountain West school for this specific sport. That's, I guess, a possibility because you see it in other sports. Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on from that. So college football division shakeup, we are going to see how that plays out in the coming years. But regardless, more details to come. More details yes. to come. And we just we got to deal with You know, it could be one of those things that at the end of the day, we look back on this five years and go, I love it. You know, you, you just don't know. I don't see that happening. Well, aren't they going to 12 teams in the college football playoff? Not yeah. this year, next that'll, year? Yeah, that'll help. I think yeah. that's going to make a huge difference, you know, yeah. for sure. It's time for... Stop, 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 stop. Question. <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, welcome back. And as we come back, it is time for Stump the Unk trivia question. All right, do I get to go first this time? Yeah, go first. All right, so Unk is our expert everything. He's our betting expert. He's our trivia expert. Let's see if you can get some of these. I'm going to throw you I, – I think this is a softball, uh, Bill. Who is the only player in Major League Baseball history to win the MVP in both leagues? Don't give your answer yet. Okay. Dave? Oh, my turn? Um I, yeah, I, I decided to be nice with Bill this week because I know his favorite team is the Angels for, for, for baseball. So here's an Angels question. Who holds the Angels' single-season record for stolen bases? You get bonus points if you name the year and how many bases stolen, too. Okay. And then mine is, who was the last player to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season? Wow. Okay. I, I'm going to say not really hard questions. No. Unk should get these. I'm expecting Unk to go 3-0. and this week. I wish we could hand. Can I handicap that, Bill? Betting with Bill. Can we do <laughs> odds on that? All right. We'll have your answers here in just a little bit. But one thing that we're also going to do each and every week, we call this the Generation Sports Podcast because we have, you know, four generations represented here. And looking. <laughs> well, one is between generations. So we give them two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, so we, that's, that's, that, yeah. So that's me, by that, the way. That's, that's Casey, by the way. And um, so, we have you know layers, decades of of sports experience. At least some of us do, and and the things that we've seen, the things we've experienced, and so we want to go do sports through the ages. Maybe some obscure facts, maybe some that people are real familiar with. And so this week, I got the privilege of doing our sports through the ages spotlight, and here it is. This week, our sports through the ages spotlight is on Dave Stewart. Those of us old enough to remember the cap worn low over the eyes and the menacing scowl will also remember that four-year stretch when he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. 
Dave Stewart was drafted in 1975 by the Los Angeles Dodgers as a catcher, but was converted to the mound during his minor league days. Now, Dave Stewart's big league career lasted 15 seasons, but he is best known for a four-year stretch with the Oakland Athletics from 1987 to 1990, in which he notched 84 wins, pitched over 250 innings, and won 20 or more games in each season, going 20-13 and 13 in 1987, 20-12 and 12 in 1988, 21-9 in 1989, and 22-11 and in 1990. Now, it was 1989 that Dave Stewart reached the pinnacle of his career. It was that year, Smoke, as he was called, won 21 games, two more in the American League Championship Series, and two more in the World Series, winning the Series MVP award as the A's captured their fourth Series championship in Oakland. Stewart left the A's after the 1992 season for the Toronto Blue Jays, and at age 36, Smoke was no longer a dominant pitcher, but still won a dozen games for the Jays in 1993 as they went on to win the 1993 Fall Classic. Dave Stewart returned to the A's after a two-year stint with the Blue Jays in 1993-1994. He then started 16 games for them in 1995, won three, lost seven, and then retired. Now a quick final note. The four years between 1987 and 1990 when he won 84 games in a World Series MVP, Dave Stewart never won the Cy Young Award, but finished third in 1987 to Roger Clemens, fourth in 1988 to Frank Viola, second in 1989 to Brett Saberhagen, and third in 1990 behind teammate Bob Welch, who won 27 games and lost only six, and Roger Clemens, who went 21-6 with a remarkable 1.93 ERA. Not bad luck, but certainly bad timing. Still, that didn't keep Dave Stewart, Smoke, from receiving unanimous votes from the Generation Sports Podcast panel. Oakland native Dave Stewart, Smoke, is our Sports Through the Ages spotlight. Absolutely, Dave Stewart was, and, and you know, he's an Oakland native, okay? Pitched for the Dodgers, came out of their organization, and was part of the whole Steve Howe, you know, cocaine scandal, and ended up in Oakland. But there's no question that for a four-year period, I don't know that there's been, you know, obviously it doesn't match Randy Johnson's four consecutive Cy Youngs or, or Greg Maddox, but in any one of those years, he could have been the Cy Young winner. No, he's a tremendous pitcher, uh, great teammate, and I heard a real tough guy off the field. <laughs> yeah, he, he liked yeah. to brawl a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I remember him in the later part of the years, obviously with the A's and their World Series run there, and uh, you know, it's a tough nosed pitcher. I heard, I've heard the same that there were some, you know, instances where he had to throw down a little bit, and uh, you know, he was tough as nails as, as well there. But yeah, on the mound, he just had that, that presence on the mound, kind of almost like Nolan Ryan esque in, in a way where, you know, he commanded respect and, and commanded your attention, and he got it most nights. So Dave Stewart was a, a good friend of mine that I played basketball with. Dave Stewart was a family friend. And so I had an opportunity, it's guy in Claremont, to actually meet Dave and sit down and talk to him on a couple different occasions. The very first time that I sat, and we're in a room like this, I'm talking to Dave Stewart he scared me, and I don't scare you. And, and that's probably an overstatement. But, you know, the way that he looked at you, and you think about him peering down on the mound, right? I mean, he was an intimidating guy. And back then, Casey, they just threw at you on purpose. Yeah. Okay, they, they didn't even try to hide it. Like, yeah, I you step in there. I'm going to hit you. 
And Dave Stewart was that guy, but he just had that menacing scowl on his face. Super nice guy, but a, a real intimidating presence, especially when you're in the room with him. Now, especially the, the older days, you, you, if, if the other pitcher throws inside or hits one of their better players, it's going to come back at you the next inning. You don't see that a lot these days because, you know, there's rules against it and, you know, it's an ejections and well, except for when we had that, uh, the, the brawl or the fight the other, uh, the other day between the White Sox and the Indians where the guy Guardians. drops his gloves, Guardians, excuse me, <laughs> you know, a guy drops his gloves and squares up. I haven't seen that in years in baseball. And then, of course, he got knocked out. <laughs> All right, let's pivot back around uh, to our trivia questions. Now, the first one, Bill, who was the only player in Major League history to win the MVP in both leagues. Actually, that that, that came to mind very quickly. I, I'm much better at trivia, uh, 1970s and backwards towards the 30s. Frank Robinson, very confident of that. Absolutely. And how about the 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 awards only tie? And and this is just a side note. It occurred in the National League in 1979. Any, I, any thoughts on that? I, I didn't. I didn't have that one. Okay. So and, who is that? Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell. Received mm-hmm. equal number of points, only time that there's actually been a tie. What was Willie Stargell's nickname? Was it Big Daddy? Was that, was that his name? Who am I thinking of? Pirates? I, no, I can mimic Willie Stargell, his batting. So so. That, <laughs> we used to play wiffle ball in the front yard, and everybody had that big windmill yeah. motion with the bat. I, I think Big Daddy was his, was his nickname uh, well, or something like that. I have to look that up. All right. What okay. was your trivia question? So to, uh, to, uh, to Bill, I'm, I'm being nice to him this week. Uh, who holds the Angels' singer season record for stolen bases? Uh, I believe that would be uh, Mickey Rivers, the dorky-looking guy. <laughs> he was a good player for them. That that would uh, that'd be correct. For bonus points, uh, can you name the year or in the number of stolen bases without looking it up? Yeah, that's that's a, this is a guess. This isn't uh, for sure. I, I'm saying 1972, about 70. Got the stolen bases right. 70 stolen bases, but you're three years early. So 1975. Okay. Very right. good. Good, good question. Stuff. Good stuff. And then for me, who was the last player to win AL Rookie of the Year and AL MVP in the same year? MVP and Rookie of the Year. I, I that's a tough question, a great question. I'm I'm going to go with Freddie Lynn. I know he did it for the Red Sox uh, when he first came up. Ichiro Suzuki. Oh my goodness, that's Ichiro. right. Ichiro. Ichiro. But he's like a 28 year old rookie. I don't yeah, know if that counts. Yeah. He is 28 years old. I think he was 27, 28 years old. So. But, yeah, I mean, great he question, was guys. MLB Rookie of the Year. Yeah. All right, great job, great job. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, get to the uh, betting with Bill segment. Bill, you got to have a best bet of the week for well, us. I, I've got a couple, and it's it going to be much easier once football starts, and, and I don't mean exhibition NFL. College football will be starting soon. Right now I have a little mantra because I have no life. I sit home and watch MLB every night. <laughs> I, bet against, I bet against the Diamondbacks every night. The Mets are mailing it in. They're another team I bet against. And uh, Colorado, they're 100 minus 165 in run differential. They're a terrible team. I pretty much bet against them. I like Texas, Atlanta, Tampa Bay almost every night. And if, if you bet them on the money line, um, they're going to go 5-2. and two. You're going to win You're gonna win money. Hmm. I'm going to have to good. do that. Now, I'm not betting against my team, though, but I'll, I will bet against the Rockies. I would. Stop it. No, here, here's my other betting tip. If you really have your team, if you take the other team, you win money. If your team wins, you're happy. It's a it's a bad system, but it kind of works. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we're going to step aside for one more time for this message from our sponsor, Bill's, Bill's Restaurant. 
the doghouse. And when we come back, well, it'll be time for the doghouse sports around the mountain with Dave Zorn. We'll come back. All right. Welcome back. It is time for our doghouse sports around the mountain. Dave Zorn is our local expert. Dave, what's happening around the mountain this week? Hi, everybody. Uh, well, we're getting, getting ready to roll. I mean, we got football practices going on, both college and high school. Live ball's back up and rolling. Soccer gets underway at NEU, I think, uh, this week or next. Um, they got a couple games at home, so it, we're starting to get more athletic around here, these parts. We'll start with NAU as far as the, the college program. Uh, they're underway uh, over there on campus uh, going through a practice, um, looking for starters everywhere. Again, this is a complete almost overhaul of this team since uh, some guys left in the transfer portal. They got a ton of guys in. Uh, they got five new offensive linemen, you know, in the transfer portal alone. They got 20 defensive linemen they got to work through. Um, all indications, uh, you know, it's a quarterback battle. There's like seven quarterbacks in camp. Um, so I, I love to give you some names, but I, I just don't know yet. Uh, one thing, you know, is that the, the coaches are there. We got obviously a new defensive coordinator. So, again, the defense is going to have to learn some defenses pretty quick there. Uh, but, uh, you know, all indications, is it, it's a good camp. Uh, they're getting a lot of stuff done. There's good vibes. Um, but this is a team that could, you know, be like they have been in the last few years and finish in the, the lower end of the big sky. Or they could surprise some team and get up in uh, some people and get up in the top four. We just don't know until – and we're not going to know after week one either against U of A. Um, we may not even know after week two against North Dakota. But, you know, I think you'll start seeing some things uh, to where they're going to use multiple players. There's not going to be, you know, they're not going to have a 20 carry a game back. They're gonna, but there's multiple guys that can you know, bust out for 150, 200 yards a game rushing. So uh, it's it's exciting. I, I not knowing what to expect over there, I think there's a little bit of excitement for that. Uh, in the high schools, uh, both uh, teams are underway. A um, lot of just great pub right now on Flagstaff High School from a statewide level. Um, they're getting a lot of notor- notoriety. Uh, you know, Chase Brown is the, is the kid that uh, probably has the most attention to him. He's a sophomore quarterback. Uh, had a great year last year. Finished. Uh, um, he's the only freshman to be invited to the Ed Doherty Award Banquet uh, for the uh, Arizona Heisman. We call it the Arizona Heisman for those of us who vote for it. But he's the only freshman that went to it. Um, and, uh, you know, he's taken up a leadership role. Um, they're, they're bigger on the line. They got some big targets for him to throw to this year. Everything's looking really, really good at Flagstaff High School. Dave, Dave real quick, who, who's in there? Coconino and Flagstaff's conference now. I've been away for a few years. Oh, it's the same. It's the same schools. They, have, they haven't adjusted out the Grand Canyon yet. So it's it's uh, Coconino and Flagstaff, and it's Bradshaw, Prescott, uh, Lee Williams, which is a newer high school over there in Kingman, uh, and uh, Mingus. Mingus. Okay. Yeah, so there, it's just those six. Mojave was there for a while, but they dropped down due to being bad. So they're they're in three A. They're a five hundred team in three A. Um, they're probably not going to come back up anytime soon. So it's going to be a six team league for a while. Um, Coconino wise, uh, you know, I haven't heard a ton uh, out there. Um, just know that uh, they've they've got the numbers like they usually do as far as the young program. Uh, their nines and tens are, pro- I would bet, it's gonna be a solid program like they always have. Uh, at Flag High, they've had I think I heard it's seventy kids out for football, uh, which is great. Uh, they had fifty out last year and there was no direction. So, um, but I, I kind of like the idea that there's not a lot of buzz coming out of Coconino because you know new coach, old school. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good, but there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of noise, and I think that may be by design. Um, but we're going to go out there in the next uh, week or two and uh, check out the programs and give with the coaches and see how things are going and uh, give get you a better look on on the high schools and NAU as we go along too. So, all right, very good. Sports around the mountain brought to you by our good friend Bill 
and the doghouse. Thank you so much. Get the right. five pound hot dog or whatever you got over there, right? <laughs> oh, it's the the full one pound burger. That's, oh, there you go. Uh, that that that's a meal. You'll you'll have that like once and go like, wow, that was a the, lot of food, but they're fantastic. The last seven weeks in a row, we sell more one pound burgers the next week than we did the previous week. And so oh. we set a record every single week on those. That's yeah. it's getting pretty popular for the. Younger demographics and Flagstaff. You know, I don't know how you do it, but whenever uh, uh, Take It Easy comes on the radio, people just all of a sudden drift to the doghouse and <laughs> they get hungry. I, I don't know how you do subliminal stuff like that, but it works. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, our final segment today is crunch time. And what we do for this segment is we each of us get a minute to pretty much rant on whatever we want. So, Dave, you're up first. Well, earlier this week, uh, the NBA announced a schedule for its inaugural in-season tournament, if you remember that. Uh, this league has decided to do this in the middle of the season. Uh, for fans close to the Phoenix Suns, they're in Group A. They're going to be against the Lakers, Grizzlies, Jazz, and the Trailblazers. They'll play in a group uh, play setting there. Um, and it'll, all those games, the regular games, are going to be uh, count as regular season games. So those games will be played between November 10th and the 24th. The knockout rounds are between uh, December 4th and December 7th. The championship game is December 9th in Las Vegas. Uh, if you're wondering about the defending NBA champion, Denver Nuggets, they're in Group B with the Clippers, Pelicans, Mavs, and Rockets. The winner of the game, the, each player gets $500,000. So oh, wow. good for the bench guys if you're on one of those teams that wins. All right. Should, hopefully it'll be fun for the fans. Yeah. So mine is, is Shohei Otani having the greatest season ever? Now, the answer, as always, is subjective. He's not going to top Bruce's 14.1 uh, war. He's not going to have the most home runs in the season or the highest OPS. And as things stand, he's not even going to lead his team to the playoffs. But what does seem clear, for the third consecutive year, he's going to post a season that will make you seriously ask the question, and this one is easily better than the previous two. Okay, Nearly every major league, or league player who ever lived would give anything to have just one season like this. And he's going to have three in a row doing it in a way that no one, even Ruth, has ever done it before. And so it seems a lot harder to argue that he isn't going to have the all-time greatest year than it is to argue that he is. And that's good enough for me. Tremendous athlete. Okay, um, I, I'm today I'm going to do the prediction, early prediction for the baseball divisions. And American League East, I think it's two teams, obviously the Orioles and Tampa Bay. Um I think it's the best division in baseball with the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees all over 500. Um, tough division. And I'm I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to take Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to hold them off. Tampa Bay had that ridiculous start. I think they were 17-3. and three. Baltimore caught them. They're ahead. And they're a very young, exciting team to watch. In the American League Central, Minnesota's the only team that has a plus run differential or a winning record. It's a horrible division. Minnesota wins a division and then loses in the first round of the playoffs. Who cares? Uh, the American League West, which we touched on earlier with Houston and Texas, these two teams are deep. They lead. The, Texas leads the majors in batting average, RBIs, hits, fifth in home run. Uh, Verlander and, and Scherzer are on these teams now, they, but the Astros have the experience. I don't root for them after the cheating scandal a couple of years ago. I'm going with Texas to win that division. Uh, the Braves, I think they're the best team in baseball in the National League East. They're second in MLB in batting, first in home runs, third in RBIs. Um, everybody in their lineup can go deep at any time. National League Central is another kind of below-average division. 
The Cubs are the only team with a plus run differential, and they're very good, very young. Bellinger remembered how to hit now again after having a couple bad two or three years. I like the Cubs there. National League West, we touched on that as earlier. Dodgers are going to win that. And I, I think it's going to be a really good, you know, dog days in summer for baseball this year. And I'm last, and for this week, I'm going to do, we usually talk about baseball, basketball, and football, but soccer is here. So I'm really excited for soccer to be back. I know you guys aren't very big fans of soccer, but <laughs> I'm really excited for it to be back. <laughs> wow. That's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're supposed to be excited about that with you, right? Yeah. Casey, I am so excited that you're excited. <laughs> I'm thrilled. You get <laughs> All right. And they are done, uh, guys. And we are done as well. Thank you so much for, for this time. Going to have a great time doing this every single week. Make sure that you tune in weekly to the Sports Generations podcast. For Bill Unkovich, Dave Zorn, Casey Everett, I'm Jeff Kennedy. Thank you guys for listening. And always remember this. We're not solving the world problems. National security is not at stake here. We're just talking sports. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.